You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, episode 241, You're Unrepeatable. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. Thank you for joining me this week, my unrepeatable friend. It's good to have you with us. We're going to talk today about just how unique everybody is, how different we are from one another, yet we have so much in common. Hey, got a lot of uh, feedback this week about the Insight Journal. People are catching hold of the Insight Journal. It's a journal that Ascension is making available, one that Father Mike Schmitz and I put together to collect the gold in your life, to gather those insights and uh, the truths that you put on on Post-it papers and you put them on little files in your phone and uh, notebooks and you, you can't remember where it is. Well, anyway, we... We put together an insight journal. I've got mine right here. And I'm creating an insight journal. That is all the insights and the things I want my grandchildren to know about. I'm putting it together now. And when they turn 18, I'm going to hand it to them. And it's going to be a gift from from Grandpa. That's the insight journal. I hope you do get it. We're going to talk about it in the future with Father Mike. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to enter into that world of capturing the gold. Hey, if you want the show notes, uh, all you got to do is text my name, Jeff Cavins, one word to the numbers 33777. That's 33777. Okay, so do you feel like sometimes that uh, you're really different? I felt that way before where you feel like you're really, really different or you run into people who are an awful lot like you. The truth of the matter is you are unrepeatable and you are very different and you are very valuable to God. And I think that once we realize just how different we are and how valuable we are, it really changes the way we treat people and the way we look at life in general. I remember a a kind of a parable, but it was a story of, and I think it was true actually, a story of someone who found an old, old painting in a junkyard. I think it was in a junkyard and it just had mud on it and and, uh, all kinds of, you know, gook and everything. And they got a hold of it and they started to clean it up. And lo and behold, they found out that it was actually a masterpiece done by one of the famous Impressionists. And that this, uh, this painting that was thrown to the side, like it was junk and had a little tear in the canvas, ended up becoming worth millions of dollars, uh, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. But it, it became very, very valuable. And what the, the lesson that was learned in that was that uh, something that actually looks like it's discarded and has garbage and dirt all over it, underneath was very valuable and uh, priceless, really. And that's the truth with every person that we look at as we live out our day. You know, as, we, um, as we're living out our day and we're walking by people, there are, there are some people that you go by that you'd think, wow, that's a, what a beautiful human being. And then there's people that you don't even notice. But the truth of the matter is that both have infinite value in their lives, to their lives. They are very, very valuable. And so the world has literally never seen the combination of you and 
Jesus. Because if there's one word that describes Jesus, it is holy. And holy, defined in a biblical sense, means completely other, separate, distinct, unique. There's nobody like Jesus. He's the second person of the Trinity, creator of the world. He is utterly unique. And you, my friend, you're you're a piece of work. I mean that in a positive sense. You are really unique. You are unrepeatable. You are a piece of work, and you are God's work, and it's really amazing. And so when you take the combination of you, who are very unique, and God, who is utterly unique, and you bring the two together, you have a combination that the world has never seen will never see in the future, never saw in the past. It's you and Jesus. And he knew you in your mother's womb. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? That you are so unique. There's no two alike like you. And there's no, there's, there's nothing like you and Jesus working together in his kingdom. There just isn't anybody like you. You are unique and different. I like what uh, one translation of the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1. It's the uh, the New Living Translation. I like reading that some from time to time. It says, um, it says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Isn't that interesting? I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. In other words, you were different. Uh, you, you're you're going to do something that only you can do. And I, I really believe, my friend, that, that when you were in your mother's womb, the same thing could be said about you, that before you were uh, formed in your mother's womb, God knew you, Sarah, Joe, Mary, Benjamin, Tom, Lucille. God knew you. He knew you even before you were formed in your mother's womb, and he set you apart for something unique and something distinct. When you look at your life and the combination of you and Jesus, you will see a life that is going to encounter very unique circumstances, is going to meet a certain set of people, live in a certain place, at a certain age in world history. You're going to go to school at a place where most of the world isn't going to go, and you're going to end up working in a field that most people don't work in. And so you put all of that together, and my word, you are really something. Now, I'm not saying that in the sense of lack of humility or anything. I'm saying it in in terms of, wow, you're really different. You really are unrepeatable. You see, God has the ability to create billions of people, and no two are the same. That is amazing. I know that when I was growing up, people said, there's no two snowflakes in the world. They're all unique and different. And I thought, huh. So I started studying them. True enough, I never found two alike. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I, they melted. I don't know if that's really true. I, I suppose it's true, but I do know this. Nobody is like you. Nobody is like you the way you look, the way you act, and your circumstances, your relationships, your worldview. All of it is very, very unique. It's amazing what God has done. Even children, 
they are in your likeness. Your children are in your likeness, but they're completely unique. And that combination has never happened before, and it has never going to happen in the future. And I think, to be honest with you, this is what makes the crime of abortion so heinous, is that every single child in the womb of, a, of its mother is a masterpiece. And not just a masterpiece that can be auctioned off at Christie's for $100 million. No, this masterpiece is priceless. There's nothing like it in the world. It's, it's not like there's 100,000 small children aborted and 100,000 medium children aborted and 100,000 black children aborted or 100,000 white children. It was millions of unrepeatable people created in the image and likeness of God. Masterpieces, every one of them. As a masterpiece, they are an extension of his brilliance and his holiness and his creativity, and his utter, utter otherness. Funny thing about art museums, when you think about it, I, I love going to them, and particularly looking at the Impressionists, I, I love that. But it's a funny thing when you go into an art museum, whether it's the Louvre or in a Rotterdam or New York or Chicago, it, it's funny because the person standing in front of the Monet or standing in front of the Renoir or the Van Gogh or the Sicily is far, far, far more valuable and infinitely more complex and beautiful than what they are staring at. I remember a couple of years ago going to Amsterdam and looking in, in the uh, Van Gogh Museum because I did my, my thesis on Vincent Van Gogh, on the spiritual dimensions of Vincent Van Gogh, and I was really taken with him and very interested in him. And so all these people had tickets to go on, on a certain day, and we went and we we're in there looking at all of these amazing pictures by, by Vincent van Gogh. And what was interesting is that none of us were looking at each other. We were looking at the picture when the truth of the matter is what was looking at the pictures is far more interesting than that, that paint on canvas. Sometimes I think we miss it, don't we? I, I do believe that, that if, we, if we were all the same, probably wouldn't be people watching. Maybe the fact that you're unrepeatable means that you are an art show in yourself and that when people see you, they can sure enough say, I'll never see anything like that again. I'll never hear anybody like you again. I'll never experience another relationship like I have with you. That's how special you are and unrepeatable. Now I could go on and on and wax eloquent about how different you are and maybe you'll get a puffed up head or something, but that's not really not the, the purpose of this podcast today. It's really to point to placing a value on people that will order our steps and our decisions and our kindness and in the way we treat people. I love that, that, that story that Jesus tells in Mark chapter 12 and verse 16, starting in verse 13, actually, and going to verse 16. I'll put it in the show notes for you. It's, um, it's a parable of the coin. They sent to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians. Why? To entrap him in his talk. And they came and they said to him, Teacher, teacher, we know that you are true and care for no man, for you are not, you, you do not regard the position of men, but truly teach the way of God. Yay. <laughs> is it lawful? Let me ask you, Jesus, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? 
And Jesus said uh, in response to that, they say, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Should we, should we pay them or, or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why put me to the test? Bring me a coin and let me look at it. And they brought one and he said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said, it's Caesar's. And what did Jesus say? Then render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Render to God what is God's. And so the, the picture on the coin was Caesar's. That was the image and likeness on the coin. So give it to him. But it's implied now, who are you created in the image and likeness of? You got it. You're created in the image and likeness of God. So using that logic about Caesar, give to God what belongs to God. And what is that? You. You. You're created in the image and likeness of God. You're unrepeatable, and you belong to God. And that's what Jesus was saying there. And it was a wake-up call to realize that God chose you to become like him. You know, you could say this. You're a symphony. There's never been a person like you. In your circumstances, your gifts, your insights, your experience, your passion, you have been given opportunities that only you will experience. And you have met people in certain circumstances at certain times in their life that only you will experience. And here's the kicker. God wants to work with you like a conductor and a symphony. He wants to take all of these beautiful aspects of your life that make you unrepeatable, and he wants to be the conductor and lead you in his plan of sheer goodness. I like so much what, what C.S. Lewis said, and I'm a real fan of C.S. Lewis. If you, if you haven't got that yet, you know after listening to five or six of the shows, I really do appreciate C.S. Lewis. And he once said, and I think this is beautiful, and, and when I read this to you, just think about this as, as speaking about you or your, your mother, your father, your spouse, your children, the people at work. He said this. He said, there are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. And we should conduct all our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all, all, all of life, all politics with this in mind. Isn't that something? I think that that is so powerful. There are no ordinary people. You've never talked to a mere mortal in your life. Every person that you've ever encountered is not ordinary. They are extraordinary as they say in England, extraordinary. They're extraordinary people, and you've never talked to a mere mortal. Every person that you've ever encountered, every person that you helped, every person that you met or spoke to, are not mere mortals. They're going to live forever. That's heavy stuff. They're going to live forever, either with God or without God. And the combination of you and Jesus working together as an unrepeatable construct can have an impact on people's lives. Huh. You know, uh, C.S. Lewis said something else. I'll share this with you before we take a break. He said um, that he was very, very taken with the idea that, that Jesus would ask, actually ask us to do things for him, you know, like pray for people or 
lay hands on the sick or whatever, whatever it might be. And he was really thrown with this idea that, that what God can do infinitely, perfectly, you know, without, without any hitches at all, he gives his children that to do, us who are filled with imperfections and, you know, a piece of work. Here's what he said. He said, it seems, he seems to do nothing of himself which he can possibly delegate to his creature. I'll stop there for a second. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Speaking of God, he, he seems to do nothing of himself which he can possibly delegate to his creature. He commands us to do slowly and blunderingly what he could do perfectly and in the twinkling of an eye. Perhaps, he goes on, we do not fully realize the problem, so to call it, of enabling finite free wills to coexist with omnipotence. It seems to involve at every moment almost a sort of divine abdication. (laughs) I love that quote. Isn't it something that, sure, everything that uh, he delegates to you, we can do it in a slow and blunderingly way. (laughs) <laughs> in the, but he can do it perfectly in the twinkling of an eye. Why? Why? Because he shares all things with us, his divine life, his grace, his mercy, his mission. And for some reason, God loves to work with you. Put it in another way, God really digs you. He really, he really does. And he loves to work with you. You're unrepeatable. Think of it. Of all the people that have ever been created in the world, there are all of these masterpieces in the world that God has a relationship with. God wants to turn our attention, I believe, to what is eternal, lasting, what has permanent value. Why? Because it is a reflection of his own nature. God is eternal. He creates eternal children, sons and daughters. Because we are eternal, there is immediately a price on our head that is astronomical. You can't put a price on you. You really can't. And you can't put a price on me. But oh, how we do that, don't we? We put a price on people, what they're worth. They can serve me. I can use them. It costs me something, but I can use people and I can make people do this or that if you have enough money and enough influence. And that's the shame of it is that, is that we have a utilitarian attitude towards women, whether it is women or men, the whole trafficking industry, for example, which is in the news these days, is a wake-up call to people who realize that people who are unrepeatable and unique and eternally valuable There's a price on them, and that isn't right. And you and I need to call out in the streets for justice and stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves. And that goes for the unborn as well. My friend, never, ever, ever become laissez-faire about the uniqueness of people and life and their value and, and to stand up for life. Don't ever do that. We're going to be back and talking a little bit more about how unique we are and the eternal value and how to place our life in a position where we notice and we get involved with eternal things. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. Am I saved? 
How do I develop a better prayer life? How do I trust in God? The Curious Catholic is a new series of bite-sized books from Ascension that answer these questions and more. The Curious Catholic features small books from various authors that provide busy Catholics ways to go deeper into spiritual questions. The first three titles in the series are from Father Mike Schmitz, host of the Bible in a Year podcast. Father Mike's books explore the topics of salvation, prayer, and trusting in God. To learn more about the Curious Catholic series, go to ascensionpress.com slash curiouscatholic. That's ascensionpress.com slash curiouscatholic. And welcome back to the show. Talking today about the fact that you are unrepeatable. God wants to, to really turn our attention to what is eternal, what is lasting, and what has permanent value here in life. And as I mentioned before the break, I think the reason is, is because, because it re- is a reflection of his own nature. And God is eternal and, of course, priceless. And he creates priceless people. And you're one of them. You know, I was thinking about this on on the break, that even within the earthly realm here in daily life, we put a preference on certain things. For example, we prefer gold to tin. Uh, We we prefer uh, marble to plastic. And we, we prefer oak to plywood. Almost every object it really has a certain worth based on the illusion of, of durability, permanence, um, beauty. We put a value on it. In a much truer sense, I believe that God determines something's value by its eternal significance. And we know that God's word, God's kingdom, and the souls of every person that he died for will remain after all turns to dust. So it's another way of saying, you're unrepeatable. And Jesus even hints about this in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, and I'll put it in notes for you. He said, he said, with this in mind, everything we've been talking about, he said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. So we have this look at treasures here on earth, and treasures treasures can go bad if they are subject to moths and rust and so forth. And that's why Jesus said that this isn't really where we should be laying up treasure here on earth. But the place that we should be laying up treasure is the place where they will not be consumed by rust or destroyed by, by moths. That's in heaven. And so again, everything that we do in the people that we interact with, we hope that the goal of all of our work will be gold, silver, precious stones, but not wood, hay, and stubble, things that are going to go away. And in order to lay up treasures in heaven, we're going to have to be aware of the fact that all throughout the day, Every single day, today, tomorrow, next week, last week, we were, we are, we will be faced with decisions, the temporal or the eternal, the short term or the long term, every day. Think with me for a moment right now, just just today, maybe you're running or you're in the car, whatever you might be doing. Maybe you're, uh, you're washing the car in the driveway, I don't know. 
Uh, but just today, you have had to make some decisions about temporal versus eternal, what you're going to go after, what you're going to lay your heart into. And we have to do that every single day. And of all the temptations you will face, this may be the toughest. The temptation to exchange the eternal for the temporal. Now, I'll give you a little clue, cliff note. That's what Adam and Eve did. It's exactly what Eve did. Is she, she traded the eternal, rather, the, the creator and the relationship with the creator for the temporal, the creation. She grasped for it. So did Adam. And that's where the mistake happens. That's when we leave the rails, when we do that. Because why? Well, we, we, we're, an, we're an awful lot like Esau, for example. <laughs> Esau in the Old Testament, he traded the holy for the common, the eternal for the temporal. In Genesis 25, remember that? Hebrews 12 comments on it. I'll put it in the show notes for you. Hebrews 12 calls Esau an immoral and profane individual. That's pretty strong language. A profane person is one who, for the sensual gratification or amusement of the moment, gives up that which is spiritual and unseen to be careless of that which is holy, so as to snatch the present enjoyment, in short, practically not to deem anything holy at all if it stands in the way of present pleasure. Thank you, Esau. A profane individual. I remember uh, years ago, I heard this story by a, a, a Protestant evangelical, I think, uh, preacher, Anthony Campolo. And he was telling the story about uh, working in a, in a um, hardware store. And uh, what he did is, you know, in a hardware store, they've got everything marked. Uh, screws are five cents a piece. A saw is um, you know, $75. A screwdriver is $6.95. And everything is marked in the store. And these guys thought it would be very, very funny to, in the middle of the night, come in and switch the price tags and to put expensive price tags on very cheap things and and cheap prices on things that were actually very expensive and very, very valuable. So you would end up with a snowblower, Google it in the South, we use them up here, snowblower for $4.95 and a hammer for $823, you know, that type of thing. And so the next day when the store opens up and people come in, they are completely confused by the uh, price tag on that particular item. And I got to thinking about that. I, I remember hearing that story long ago, and, and I thought, you know, for this particular show, man, isn't that true? We're confused. We're confused. We're putting, we're putting cheap price tags on things that are actually very, very valuable, and we're putting big price tags Lots of value on things that are actually quite cheap. And that really mixes us up, doesn't it? What are we talking about? You're unrepeatable. You're valuable. You're precious in God's eyes. That's right. I like what St. Thomas talks about, you know, when he talks about prudence. And it fits in here so well. And that is that we, we have a goal. We have some place that we, we want to end up in our life. And so we go to that goal, and for us, it's the beatific vision, to be with God forever face-to-face, -face, and then we back up to the present day, and then we make prudent decisions to get there. 
But we must not lose sight of our goal. We must not take our eyes off of Christ and put them onto cheap things as if that is the goal in our life. And and likewise, we, we can't put a cheap price tag on people and consider them nothing or insignificant or irrelevant to God or my life. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, he said one time, we always pay dearly for chasing after what is cheap. We always pay dearly for chasing after what is cheap. St. Augustine said, idolatry is worshiping anything that ought to be used or using anything that is meant to be worshiped. My friend, you are priceless. You are unrepeatable. Thomas Akempis said it well, let temporal things serve your use, but the eternal be the object of your desire. Put that in the show notes, free of charge. And I'll, let me let me kind of go into the airport here for this week by sharing with you a beautiful song by a guy called Scott Wesley Brown called Things. Talking about things at the hardware store and things that we put great value on and devalue the things that are actually quite valuable, the unrepeatable people. In this song, here's the lyrics, it's beautiful. He says, things upon the mantle, things on every shelf, things that others gave me, things I gave myself, things I've stored in boxes that don't mean much anymore, old magazines and memories behind the attic door, things on hooks and hangers, things on ropes and rings, things I guard that blind me to the pettiness of things. Am I like the rich young ruler ruled by all I own? If Jesus came and asked me, could I leave them all alone? O Lord, I look to heaven beyond the veil of time to gain eternal insight that nothing's really mine and to only ask for daily bread and all contentment brings to find freedom as your servant in the midst of all these things. For discarded in the junkyards, rusting in the rain, lie the things that took the finest years of lifetimes to obtain. And whistling through these tombstones, the hollow breezes sing, a song of dreams surrendered to the tyranny of things. My friend, you're unrepeatable. Act like it. Father, I pray right now for my friend that you would, you would help them to clearly see the price tag on their life and that they are priceless, unrepeatable, beautiful in every way, and the combination of you and them together produces a construct that the world has never seen before but desperately needs. Jesus, may we truly be your disciples and your servants as we serve you day in and day out. May we not be victims of the tyranny of things. Amen. Love you. 